How do you feel great on vacation? Like really good? Easy. You go to Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool white sand beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll immerse yourself in natural wonder and find your center on an island where things move at your speed. You won't just feel great. You'll feel relaxed, renewed, and ready for life. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. Okay, everyone, welcome into a very special edition of the Dynamic Leaders Podcast. This is the first of a podcast series. We're titling it How to Become a Master of Performing Under Pressure. And when I say we, I'm talking about me and my co-host for these podcast episodes, Natalie Natikia. And Natalie is a Davidson field hockey player. I'm going to let her introduce herself or reintroduce herself because she actually has been on the podcast before to everybody. But want to let you all know that this is going to be a special project. We're super excited about it. We have some really interesting research uh, survey responses. We're going to have coach input. We're going to have athlete input, a lot of different things than what these normal dynamic leaders podcast episodes are like. So stay tuned for that. And Natalie, with that being said, why don't you reintroduce yourself to the listening audience? Yes. So thank you. Hi, everyone. I'm super excited. So my voice may seem familiar to a couple of you. I did a coaching call with Colin in the past, but my name is Natalie Natikia. I'm a rising junior at Davidson College on their Division One field hockey team. Um, I'm a communications major at Davidson, and I'm from Haddonfield, New Jersey, which is about 15 minutes outside of Philadelphia. And I really have just loved this process with Colin so far in my coaching call with him. One of my biggest goals for my athletic career at Davidson was becoming a master of performing under pressure, whether that's in my day-to-day life, but more specifically out on the field when I'm out there with my teammates. So Colin and I are really cracking down, trying to determine what makes someone a master of performing under pressure, if that's possible, and trying to collect (laughs) any and all information that we can get on the topic. So we're super excited and we're really excited to kind of lay the groundwork this episode and talk about kind of starting with the basics and the foundation for everything. So this should be great. Yeah, and and Natalie said it best. This is definitely going to be a fundamental introductory type episode to get you all acclimated with some of the information that we've already started to put together and give you a bit of a listening roadmap as to what's coming in future episodes. And I think what's really interesting about this topic is so Natalie essentially said these words like verbatim on that coaching call that she mentioned. And it was something that I wrote down at the time, didn't think too much of it outside of, you know, being a really great phrase and and something to be mindful of. And then I was just thinking around one day, messing around on Twitter or something like that. And I put the thought out there and I got like a nice response. You know, people were like, oh, that's, that's an interesting topic. Like, tell me more. And what, what are you talking about and everything? And I said, hmm, I think there's something to it. And so me being a little bit crazy and nerdy, I was like, I wonder if we could put together some type of research project. And I said, okay, well, if I'm going to do something a little bit more in depth with this, I'm going to do with Natalie because this is this is her phrase this is what she wants to do and so I put together this big proposal didn't know if she was going to be 
interested at all, but <laughs> luckily she said, yes, we're here. We're diving into everything today. But I do think it's it's a really interesting topic. And I think, and this is probably where you want to go to start the conversation, Natalie. I think one of the main reasons why it's so interesting is that word pressure really sticks out as something like, okay, now we're talking about a situation that's not normal, right? We're talking about something that is a little bit different than going through the motions of our daily life or going through the motions of our practice on the field hockey field. And so I would love for you to, you know, maybe uh, help us define what you and I were, we're going to use this term pressure. You know, what does it mean? How are we going to use it in the course of conversation and just take this away with, with pressure? That's where we're starting. Yes. So I think, this is a really important place to start because I think pressure is something we all experience on a daily basis, whether that's having to get the laundry done by 5 p.m. before you have to make <laughs> dinner or out on the field when your coach says, all right, we really need you to score this goal. We need to take this game into overtime. Pressure is just something we all experience. And I think throughout this process, I've already learned so much, but it is so um, useful to kind of go back to the basics and define what you are experiencing and understanding, okay, I'm feeling pressure, but what is that pressure? What does that actually mean? And I did a little bit of research. And so I first started with the American Psychi Psychological Association, the APA, and they kind of define pressure as excessive or stressful demands, whether those demands are imagined or real. Um, made on an individual to think, feel, or act in particular ways. And that the experience of pressure is often the source of cognitive and affective discomfort or disorder, as well as some um, maladaptive coping strategies. And basically the American Psychi Psychological, I cannot say that word, <laughs> association kind of defines pressure as something that's negative and something that puts a big strain on people and their mental health. So I thought to kind of become more narrow focus on what we want to focus on. I wanted to find a definition of pressure relating to sports. And in terms of sports, pressure is defined as the feelings an athlete has about performing in a sporting situation. So for example, I get so anxious when I have to serve for the match or I can't seem to concentrate when the game is on the line. And they talk about how pressure manifests itself physically with those physical things I think we're all familiar with where you have that increased adrenaline, you're breathing heavy, your heart rate's going, or mentally, and that can be positive or negative thoughts about the event, and even emotionally. So positive feelings of anticipation, excitement, or negative feelings of fear or anxiety, not being able to get your best sleep the night before because you're anticipating the events for the next day. And that definition came by peak performance sports, and I thought that was very all-encompassing of the three ways that you really can experience pressure, whether that's physical, emotional, or, or mental. And I think those are some, some good groundwork and three kind of pillars we're going to want to look into when we start to have these conversations with coaches and athletes, how pressure can negatively or positively affect those three areas. Yeah. I love the pillars. And I also, I really appreciate that you took the time to give us these definitions because I think it really helps us understand exactly what we're talking about, but also what we're trying to accomplish. Because what, what was really interesting to me hearing you break that down is, so I came up with excessive demands is essentially 
know, the, the basis of what pressure is. That leads to uncomfortable feelings. And that leads to an overall negative experience. Right. And I think what we're both trying to do, and tell me if I'm wrong, but I think we're trying to spin this into a positive thing, right? Like spin it into using pressure as a way to elevate your game. That's why we want to become a master of it so that these negative feelings that we're all so used to having don't affect us when the game is on the line, as you put it a couple minutes ago. Absolutely. And I think that is a really hard position to be in because I think defined by the APA or defined in terms of sports pressure carries this negative connotation. And I think it is a super big challenge. And I think we're capable of doing it. And I think a lot of athletes may have turned that corner of growth of understanding how that pressure can fuel them in a positive way. But I do think the first level to this is kind of breaking down the stereotype of pressure and how, how it's so negative. And I think there are so many wonderful things that come out of pressure. And we'll obviously talk about that more in depth later on. But for me, like, I am kind of addicted to the feeling of pressure. I was telling Colin earlier when I have to do minuscule tasks that do not need to be filled with pressure. I set a timer on my phone just because I thrive knowing that there's an end line, there's a deadline and I need to hit it. And that's what really forces me to perform. So that could just be me. <laughs> it might just be me, but I do think that there are some positive ways that we can implement pressure into our lives and become a master of it for those big moments when the game is on the line. And I think one of the areas that I want to dive into in just a minute, because I'm going to have you do something first is yeah. breaking that negative stereotype. Like you said, with, with pressure, I think that's an interesting place that we could start. But first you started to tell us a little bit about you and your personality and you know, how pressure is something that to a certain extent, I think already you embrace. And I think there's, another level that you're trying to achieve. And that's part of what's going into this research and this project that we're doing, but you're also trying to obviously take that and translate it onto the field, into your academics, into your overall life. But would you mind just telling us a little bit about as a student athlete today, you know, yeah. you, you are a current student athlete, where do pressures come in on a daily basis for you? Like say, say we're in season, for example, so you're back on campus, there's no COVID, you know, life is, is somewhat normal. Kind of yeah. just walk us through, you know, where, where are some of those pressures coming, whether they're related to field hockey or not, and how you've typically gone about them so far? Absolutely. So this is a very loaded question because I think pressure comes from a lot of places in my life. I think at the end of the day, most of the pressure that I put on myself is internal. So I create that pressure for myself. I'm kind of the one who has these high expectations of myself. And I think that's great. I think it's what has led me to be where I am today, that I have these high expectations of myself. I wanted to compete at the highest level. I wanted to be at a high academic school and those things have paid off. But I also think it has impacted my life negatively and it kind of took the fun out of some things that could have been fun, but I made build the pressure. So I think a lot of it is my own mental growth and my own kind of internal pressure that I put on myself. But on top of that, I feel a lot of pressure to perform for my teammates. I know the hours that my teammates are putting in because I'm putting in the same hours. And I know that we all have a goal that we want to succeed 
towards. And I think having that pressure of 26 or 27 girls kind of relying on you to perform, to reach a goal that they can't reach alone. I feel that pressure a lot. And it also comes from coaches. I want to impress my coaches. I want to do well. I want to be out on the field. And it's really funny to kind of perform in front of someone every day who is determining your playing time every weekend. And at the end of the day, they're human and they love us and they care about us. But at the end of the day, they need to put the people out there who are going to win the game. And that is a lot of pressure to know, like, I may have worked so hard to get to a division one school and program, but I may not see the field. And that's a really tricky thing to grapple with. And then I would say the other area of my life where I feel pressure. So I kind of covered internal friends and teammates, coaches. And then the last for me is family. And my family says to me all the time, you do not need to put this pressure on yourself. We are just happy <laughs> if you are happy. And I know they mean it. I really do. But <laughs> I do also think of all the times where my parents were driving in the middle of the night to get me to a tournament or to meet with a coach and how much they invested to get me here. So because of that investment that they made, I do naturally really want to do well for them. And it's actually funny. I've had a lot of conversations with my teammates and they say, I hate when my parents come to the games. And I'm like, me too, but why? <laughs> like, it's so great to see them. I want to hug them. I miss them. I haven't seen them in months. And it's just that weird pressure of them driving however many hours or flying however many hours to see you. And if you don't fulfill the expectations that you want to fulfill, you feel like the whole thing was a bust and that they shouldn't have come and that they wasted their time or in reality, like, my mom just like, I could just hug you for hours, but I want to score a goal for my mom to see, you know? So it really is a weird mix of external pressures and internal pressures that really contribute to the pressure that I feel kind of on a daily basis. So would it be fair to say then that the majority of pressure that you face on a daily basis comes via expectations? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. That's interesting. And I'm certainly not saying it as a bad thing. I'm myself, <laughs> myself included. I feel like I have those same type of feelings and have felt that same type of pressure. And I'm sure it is a common thing, but not anywhere in what you just broke down for us. Did you talk about pressure coming from something tactical, like yes. executing a play? on the field hockey field or uh, making sure that you are memorizing the correct information for a big test right. in school. And I I, I'm sure there's an aspect to that, you know, like, like that comes into play at some point, but it yeah. seems like what ultimately I think what we need to tackle first, and, and maybe this is, uh, you know, maybe it's a, a social media thing um, as well as, you know, people who are genuinely good people like you who want to, give back for people who have given time and, um, you know, put in the time, the, the effort and everything. Yeah. I think maybe expectations is where we need to fight through first and understand like that type of pressure and what it does negatively or positively right. to athletes, to people, you know, to whoever we're talking about. Does that make sense? Yes, that totally makes sense. And I think the tactical things bring, from those deeper expectations. Like, I don't know if that makes sense, but in my head, I think about it like when I'm on the field, 
do I want to score a goal because I want to score a goal and we're, we need a goal on the field? Yes, absolutely. But do I also want to score a goal because my coaches have worked so hard to get me to work on my shot and they trust me to be out on the field and my teammates have demanded the best out of me every day and pushed me to be my best? Yes. So it is tricky. And I think it honestly does come down to what motivates you. And for me, I've always been motivated by people and connections. So I think ultimately the pressure I put on myself is deriving from people and connections, if that makes sense. And have you been able to, it does make sense. And (laughs) (laughs) I'm wondering if you've been able to yourself identify where that line is crossed to, okay, you embrace that pressure because you do want to, like, like you just said, you, you want to get back, you want to perform for other people because you thrive off of people and connections. Do you know personally where that line stands to the point where it takes the fun out of it? Like you were talking about earlier and, and it can be a detriment to put that type of pressure on you. Yeah, I have no idea where that line is. And I, think, <laughs> I think that's a really good question that needs some more investigation. But I think I do struggle. I'll get into where it's not fun before I'm realizing that it's not fun, if that makes sense. I never am aware of when I'm crossing that line from it being a very honest and positive motivation to when it's like almost kind of plaguing me to do my best for others. So it really is a tricky line. I have not figured out or mastered when I cross it yet, but hopefully throughout this series, we'll get there. So that's the goal. <laughs> that's that's right. We're not going to get everything done on this first episode. That's for sure. <laughs> That'd be great if we could, but. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think life would be a whole lot easier if we could just do this in like one neat 45 minute episode. That would be good for everybody. No, I'd love that. <laughs> All right, Natalie, where do you want to take us next? Yeah, so I think kind of springing off that conversation, I kind of want to talk about why pressure is important in the first place. And a lot of the research that I've done is talking a little bit more about that tactical pressure that you brought up. And I think number one is like pressure is important to help our bodies and our minds determine when we need to amp it up, when we need to perform. Your adrenaline's going for a reason. Your hands are getting sweaty for a reason. Your heart's pumping for a reason. It's a sign from your mind to your body to say, all right, let's go. We got to do this. And I think that is a lot of times mistaken for like nerves or anxiety when really it can just be embraced and be like, my body and my mind are connecting in this way. And all it is is just a sign from my brain to like, all right, let's go, let's amp it up and let's do this thing. Sure. And I think kind of going off of that, for example, without pressure, we would not be able to recognize like, I really need to score this goal or like, I really need to hit this ball and get this pass. And it helps us kind of narrow our focus when we are in a game. Like, there's fans screaming. I mean, Dave Sintodaki, there's not that many fans, but I'm sure <laughs> there's a lot more. Like, if you're in a bigger stadium, I'm sure the distractions are just 10 times greater. And pressure kind of does help us narrow in on that one thing and that one task that we do need to complete. And it does have an aspect of discipline to it. And it encourages athletes to work hard to achieve what they want. If you don't have pressure, you're not going to work hard to be in situations of pressure and 
something that my coaches have said to me and something that I've been trying to embrace is that pressure can be a privilege. And if you are in a situation where you are feeling pressure, you were trusted to be placed in that situation. And my coaches say all the time and something I'm trying to implement this year with my team is you're demanding things from one another because you believe you can do them. I'm not going to demand something from a teammate that I know is completely out of their reach. And my coaches aren't going to put me in a position where they do not think I'm capable to do what's being asked of me. So if you're in a position of pressure, you're there for a reason and it can be seen as a privilege. And ultimately it's just helping our body and our mind shift into a higher gear and perform the way that you want to and those around you want to as well. And I love the pressure is privilege line. I think it really helps. It's not just a good line to say on a podcast, but I do think it really helps from a focus aspect. Okay. Why are we putting people into these pressure situations? Cause sometimes it's, it's much like anything else when it comes to communication, say you're the coach and you put me into a certain situation on the field, but you don't explain to me why I'm there or even what I'm supposed to be doing that pressure. That's how it becomes negative, right? Versus being able to see it as a privilege. Okay. I'm really good at X, Y, Z. This is why I'm here. I need to execute in order for us to score that goal or whatever the scenario may be. So I really like that from a focus standpoint and what you were talking about when just tensing up, getting sweaty, you're really starting to feel the pressure for lack of a better word there. It's uh, got me thinking about when I played sports and some of the tactics I would use to try and calm the mind and visualize even to certain extents and, you know, different things like that. And my main sport was baseball. So baseball inherently is a much slower sport than like a field hockey or soccer or basketball where you're kind of going up and down and back and forth. And, and so you have that time, you know, I can think about like between pitches where you take that deep breath or you sing that song that makes you laugh or giggle. Cause you're just trying to relax the mood, especially if it is a tight situation, right? You know, it's a pressured situation you know, you need to perform. And like, sometimes I felt at least doing something goofy like that helped me perform better. Like I would, I'm thinking specifically, (laughs) I don't know if I want to tell people this, but I guess I'm already on it. So (laughs) I would, I would walk up to the plate and I would sing Kelly Clarkson songs. Um, (laughs) Mostly uh, since you've been gone, I think was like a a really popular song when I was in high school. (laughs) And uh, it just, it helped me laugh. I can remember a couple of times, like the catcher kind of saying something to me or looking at me and I didn't care. Cause it wasn't, it wasn't about the catcher. It wasn't about the umpire or anyone else who was listening. It was a mechanism for me to yeah. say like, okay, I need to get in the zone and I need to produce here. I wasn't the type of person who could like feed off the, the crowd amping up or things like that. Like I needed to calm my mind. in order to perform at my best like have you been able to identify like do you feed off the the pressure of the or the the adrenaline of the crowd like do you need to get into a silly space like me have you identified any of that (laughs) so I have I think something that I honestly talked a lot about this year with my friends is 
faking it till you make it. I think <laughs> a lot of times during COVID, I mean, life was hard for everyone, obviously. And I think when we got to practice, that was our one chance to kind of just do the normal. Like practice was the one normal time during the day. We had three guaranteed hours to just play field hockey and field hockey wasn't changing despite COVID. So a lot of times, like I always see this thing where it says, even if you're not happy, smile for five seconds in the mirror and you'll, it'll boost your mood. And I don't know if that's necessarily true. It hasn't really worked for me, but I, if I know I'm not in the best mood or I know I'm not ready to perform and my mind is not in a good space to handle this pressure, I'm just super vocal. Like, honestly, the worse I'm feeling, the more vocal and fun and the more I'm laughing with my teammates because I'm relying on their energy to kind of push me through this moment of pressure. So for example, like during the warm up, I don't know, like my friends and I will be talking or they play music, we'll be singing along and dancing in the warm up. And I literally used to, when I was going to put my mouth guard in, I would smile for five seconds and be like, okay, you can do this, put my mouth guard in and then go to practice. And I'm sure people like, we're like, why is she so excited to be here? But it really was kind of a coping mechanism to take that pressure off of myself and know like, it's okay. It's going to be fun. It's going to be fine. And even though I'm not in the mood to bring it this practice, if I can act like I am and motivate my teammates around me to feel that same way, eventually I'm just going to feed off that energy. So I do feed off the energy of other people and my teammates and the crowd. And I think it's a really valuable tool to use if that is something that motivates you. But for the most part, in a super high pressure situation, I'm usually laughing <laughs> because that's the way that I deal with it. And I am having those silly and those fun moments because at the end of the day, I try to remind myself like, this is a game you love. You're out here with people you love. This should be fun. And if it's not, that's when you start to kind of get into the part where pressure can be negative. So Sure. Even if it does have to be forced fun, I just try to create it in any way and eventually it clicks. And I think what's most interesting about what you said and about what I said is something we've unlocked. I'm sure we both knew this already, but now we can articulate it is pressure is really associated then I think mostly with the mind then, right? It's, it's all mental. It's all a mind game. Like if we're trying to say, pressure is good. Pressure is a privilege. It's our mind that's going to take it from being at a level where we can perform and we can do it consistently to a level where we're up and down or even to where we just are never able to execute what we're trying to do. Because I, I feel like you could, you can practice getting to like I have, I have a pen out in front of me right now and it's, it's an even plane for people who can't see this obviously. And I feel like at least if you're practicing and if you're putting yourself in pressured situations, we'll just say for field hockey as an easy example right now, you can get to a point where you can consistently go across this pen and I don't know, six out of 10 times you can execute it. And so the, the variation of things isn't going to go up and down as severe as if you're never going through pressured situations. And 
and I, I put up the pen as a visual because I'm imagining my mind, if I'm not prepared, if I haven't practiced these situations, then that level starts to rise right. because, because of the preparation aspect. Exactly. And it becomes this mind game like, oh, I'm not good enough to be here. Right. I'm not good enough to do what's being asked of me. And so you take from like a level that's achievable and that we can get to, and you raise it all the way up to off the screen and you yeah. can't get there. And it's like, of course, then you're, you're not going to succeed. And so I, I think that's probably another really interesting aspect that we'll dive into a lot more throughout this series is to say like, this is, this is all in our heads. Like if we can, if we can get that under control, then we probably will find more success. Absolutely. And I think that's a really great point because my coach one time asked me and she was like, where do you get your confidence? Like this was totally random at practice. I'm like in the middle <laughs> of the world. I'm like, Oh my God, she's like, where do you get your confidence? And I was like, I think I get my confidence from other people. Like I, I was kind of rattled. I was like, I think I get it when I'm making other people happy and whatever. And she's like, no, like you're wrong. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> and she's like, you get your confidence from preparation. And I was like, well, what do you mean? And I had a game that I did not play well in at all. And I was obviously upset. So I spent the next week before our next game. It was like, I played on a Saturday. I had a week and we played the next Saturday. I worked my tail off like at practice like an hour early, staying at practice an hour late, doing extra film sessions with my coaches. And the next game I played was probably the best game I've played in my college career. And she was like, do you want to know why? Because you were confident, because you knew you put in that preparation. And if you know that you're giving it your all and you're preparing to your utmost capacity, like once you get on the field, there's nothing more that you could have done. If you have that feeling where once you get out there, you're like, I know I did everything to make sure that this goes the way I want. At the end of the day, what are you gonna do? You can't run an extra sprint in the middle of the game. You can't do your six skills in the corner of the field. Like this is all you got. And I think that was a really kind of eye-opening point for me. And especially moving into the summer, like I am preparing and I know I'm going to feel confident at the end of August going into preseason, knowing I'm as prepped as I can be. And I think that does alleviate some pressure out of situations, which is great. And that kind of goes into another question I wanted to kind of tackle is how pressure can be harmful. So we talked on why it's important and how it can be positive. But I also think it is really important to acknowledge these harmful effects that pressure has when you're not preparing, when you're not kind of reaching that level of the pen that you want to be reaching. And what I've kind of found from my research and kind of compiling responses from student athletes that we pulled is Pressure can be harmful when it becomes an obsession and when it's kind of hindering your performance and your mental health. So when you're feeling pressure is something that's a roadblock in the way to performing the way you want it to go. And it can be overwhelming. And when you are only focused on the pressure that something carries, you're rarely thinking about the flip side of the situation. So like for me, something that I always grounds me is when you're feeling that pressure, you're like, what can go wrong? Like your mind is racing. Like, I'm not going to make this play. I'm not going to score this goal. And you're not thinking about 
how much fun you're having, how lucky you are to be competing with teammates, how much you love the sport, how far you have come in your journey as an athlete and as a human. And I think it is super important to recognize the harmful aspects of pressure for sure. But I do think we can create some effective coping mechanisms for when you're feeling that pressure become negative or harmful, immediate positive reactions that you can have to that, that can kind of flip your thinking immediately. So it doesn't become that kind of spiral of thoughts that is keeping you up the night before game or whatever it may be. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Yeah, and I think this is probably, for me at least, the single most interesting part of all of this. Okay. I came in to you know the, the the idea when we put it together and then even into some of our initial survey that we sent out like the questions that we were formulating my whole thought process was around pressure being a good thing pressure you know pr privilege as you put it earlier and wanting to understand just how we could best prepare athletes and people by nature to perform at really high levels. And so we, you and I, Natalie, we had put together some questions to send out to athletes and to send out to coaches. And one of the questions on my side, so I handled coaches was how do you prepare your athletes to become masters of performing under pressure? You know, again, essentially exactly what initially at least like in the very easiest sense or the very simplest sense of terms i think we are trying to accomplish and i had one coach in particular who emailed me back with the survey and they put in their response and, I, and i'll read this off so that you can hear it in real time too but this this response really made me think and it says spending time in reflection to deepen their realization that most of them already perform under pressure Young athletes are responding to daily pressures. The beauty of sports is they are pathways to liberation for young people. When adults aim for them to be masters of pressure, sports participation drops. <laughs> Just like a knife to the heart, right? <laughs> Say what, what we're doing completely wrong. <laughs> and uh, I, I was just, it made me really think I said, okay, I, I get it. Everything, everything on that, I think made sense up until the very last line. Cause that's where I probably fundamentally disagree because if you, I feel at least if you as a coach are not willing to put your athletes in pressured situations, tactical pressured game situations so that they know how to perform when these things happen and you're just hoping that because of the daily pressures, which are probably significantly higher than they've ever been before of just being a regular person in this world. And you're hoping that's going to be enough for them to achieve what they're trying to do. Right. I don't, I don't think that works. Now the one part, you know, maybe there's some 
truth to this is the participation in sports drops. If you, so you're feeling these daily pressures in school, in your life, sports is supposed to be that outlet. And then you're like, oh crap, more pressure. Like, I I don't want that. (laughs) There's two kind of main things that I pull from that response is one, I think that can be a great point is like, you deserve to be confident under the pressure that you're feeling because we probably do not give ourselves enough credit for the pressure that we do experience on a daily basis. Cause I honestly think pressure in our society is just kind of like breathing. Like we're doing it without even realizing like we're under pressure and we're performing and we don't even know because it's just all we know. But on the other hand, I agree with you in saying, I think coaches need to be willing to put their athletes under higher pressure situations because like anything else, Pressure is something that needs to be practiced as much as we practice hitting and shooting and passing and outlining and pressing like pressure should be right up in there. Pressure should be like, we should have practices dedicated to having a player with one man down. And we actually did have a practice where we went through all of those crisis pressure situations where what if we're one man down? What if we're two man down? What if we need to pull our goalie and all these different random scenarios and talked through them. And I think it works. Like, I really do think that athletes have this mindset of practice, 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 perform. And I don't think it should be any different just because pressure isn't a tangible physical thing. Yeah, I tend to agree. I I think obviously we're, we're mostly on the same page here. And it, and it goes back, at least for me, to what you said a little bit earlier in the preparation sense I subscribe to the lucky bounce concept. So what I mean by that is when I teach workshops, I talk about this a lot is there is, whether you want to admit it or not, an element of luck that plays into whether or not you're successful. And I know this specifically as a baseball player, because baseball is one of those sports where take hitting, for example, you can do everything right. You can hit a screaming line drive 110 miles an hour, but if you hit it right back to the shortstop and they catch it, you are out. And so there is an element of luck that plays in to our success, to our excellence, however you define that word of what you're trying to achieve. And I subscribe to this lucky ball concept in saying that the more prepared you are, the more lucky bounces you get. And so if, to go back to what you had talked about earlier, when your coach is asking you, where does your confidence come from? It comes from your preparation. You have one of the best games of your career as maybe as a, a result of having that conversation, having the realization of all of that. And that was, you know, not to downplay the significance of that moment, but that was probably a regular season game. Right. And, you know, maybe there was pressure moments within, but not to the extent of, okay, one of your team goals I know is to get to the A10 playoffs and the pressure ramps up in those situations. And I just, I, I think there are ways to, I guess what I'm getting at is there are ways to prepare in the same, you know, make, making sure that we're mastering the fundamentals, making sure we're taking care of the details. There are ways to do that from a pressure standpoint and not put kids you are a kid in positions to fail yes. miserably 
and to fail and feel bad about themselves like that that should be on the coaches to help them understand why they're being put into that situation like we talked about earlier from communication communication standpoint and also just help them realize that it's not going to work out every single time especially if you're being in these weird situations that don't happen as much um you know pressure pressure can come from you know like a rain delay or being a man down like you said and trying to ramp it up as as a result of that but pressure can also come from the final 30 seconds of gameplay in the championship game of the a10 playoffs and so there's a lot of different scenarios and i don't know i just feel like we're selling people short if athletes short specifically if we're not putting them in pressure situations during practice when we can work on getting the kinks out failing on the field and understanding okay why did we fail this time what can we do to make sure that we don't fail the next time? Right. And I think the biggest thing with that is just being clear about your intentions as a coach or as an athlete. If I'm putting my teammate under a pressure situation and they fail and we never address why it happened or why they failed or why I put her in that situation in the first place, all that is is a blow to your self-confidence. So it really does need to be meticulously thought out and approached the correct way and saying, Hey, I trust you, which is why I'm going to do this. I just want to see what happens and it's okay if you fail. And that's kind of the point of this, but I just, we need to get in the right headspace and being very clear and open with your intentions and communicating why they're in the situation in the first place is very important. And something I also wanted to bring up is talking about how pressure is created. I think we've, talked on most of these key points, but the one thing, so we talked about, at least for myself, is self-constructed pressure, coaches, teammates, fans, family, friends. But the one thing that I do think is relatively new in terms of pressure for student athletes and something that we definitely need to investigate is how social media and kind of those outward and like societal standards can contribute to pressure and like that can be expecting athletes to look a certain way, perform a certain way. If there's press coverage of a game, one game, and there's not the other game, how is that pressure impacting the game? And I think like even my high school, like cousins just had their state championship game for girls lacrosse and their write up before the game, like a reporter does a write up and they're like, these are predictions for the game. And that puts a lot of pressure. And I was talking to my dad about this and he was like, that did not exist when I played sports. <laughs> like you just went and showed up and whoever won won. And the people who knew that were the people who were at the game, the people on the team, like no one else knew and no one else really cared. <laughs> so I think like it is definitely something to take note of the way that student athletes are kind of under this magnifying glass of social media and society as well. Yeah. I'm, so glad you brought that up because that that is a bingo like that is that is something that i'm unfortunately going to date myself here was not a part of when i was playing sports either and so it wasn't something that you ever thought of ever worried about the internet was around i was not i'm not that old but social media i think i got my facebook account like into that my senior year of high school which was 2007. so um it was just becoming a thing clearly wasn't used not just Facebook, but social media in the way that it it is today. And it's funny, literally just last night, I was having 
a talk with my wife and I was telling her how some NBA analysts said that this generation is the IG generation. She was like, what do you mean by that? I said, well, what this guy said is that they don't want to end up on Instagram getting posterized on a, you know, like a, a great dunk or a great play. So nobody plays defense in the middle, in the, in the paint area in the NBA anymore. This is what the, the guy was saying. And I was like, most of the time when, you know, there's older folks complaining about how sports are and everything, I'm kind of like, eh, I, I don't, I don't know if there's any validity to that, but this one, I was like, there could be a little bit of truth to that. Cause I, I do wonder, you know, these now, you know, 20 plus, you know, same, same age as you getting into the league, they've grown up with the social media. They've seen, people in the past get blown up on social media because of a bad play or whatever it is like the the mark sanchez butt fumble is something that that always sticks out to me and i'm like there probably is some truth to that that they don't want to end up on the bad side of social media and and you you specifically can talk way more about this than i can but that's obviously something that we'll have to address more right and i think that reality is probably a reality for a small portion of student athletes who are playing on a huge stage, obviously. But sure. I think kind of on a smaller scale, like just I something that was big for me is where am I going to commit to play in college? And what is my Instagram commitment post going to look like? And like <laughs> people automatically you'll post your Instagram post where you're committed and people will Google Davidson College acceptance rate. And it's all right there and people know, oh, she's going D1 or, oh, she's going D2 or you can go online and see, oh, they just got a new coach or this is a new program. I'm worried for them or they might not be as successful. And I also think like when you go to Davidson Field Hockey and you go on their roster and you click on my picture, you find all of my stats ever for Davidson Field Hockey and anyone can see that. And Obviously, I really don't think anyone is really that concerned with my stats, but (laughs) it is something that does go through people's minds and it lists how many minutes you play in certain games. And that just did not exist at all. But if I wanted to like narrow in on a player and see, oh, how many minutes do they play? How many goals have they scored? Are they performing? Like, what is their team culture like? I can find all of that at my fingertips. And it's just fascinating to me because I think it does play a bigger role than we give it credit for. Yeah. And I think something that is brand new is that NIL and how that might play in to, you know, especially like you said, some of those big time programs and those big time athletes that, um, but I think eventually it'll, it'll trickle down into some of the smaller programs and things like that too. And that's got to have a huge social media aspect to it. Cause it's, it's those folks who have the you know hundreds of thousands of followers at age 18 or 19. And it's like, all right, they're going to start making money. And so like, you know, those type of things matter in a different way than some of the things you talked about, like your minutes being displayed and, you know, d- different things like that. But it's got to be a whole spider web of craziness that I'm certainly glad I didn't have to navigate, but it is, it is the number one thing that coaches ask me about in consultations is especially, you know, as, as we continue to, to get more involved with it and you you get into high school and it's just so much a part of your life. And so I'm really going to rely on you to yeah. give us some some insight into all of that, but <laughs> really interesting stuff for sure. For sure. 
All right. Well, I think we are going to wrap up this episode. I know there might be a few lingering thoughts that both of us have, but this was designed to be a series because we have a ton of information. We want to make sure it's digestible, not just for us and our sake to be able to make sure we break these down the right way moving forward. But for our listeners, we don't want to overload. Hopefully there are some takeaways that you can get from this episode, and then you'll be able to build on those in the upcoming episodes. But Natalie, is there anything that you want to leave us with here before we get going for today? Yeah, I think the biggest thing I would say is my advice to all the listeners is continue to challenge that stereotype of pressure being a negative thing, whether that's talking with your parents or your teammates, whether you play a sport or you don't, just keep that in the back of your mind. And when you do feel yourself feeling negatively about pressure, maybe take a couple extra seconds or minutes to dive deeper and like understand why do I feel this way? Could I make this positive? So just start to get your wheels turning about all that. And I definitely am. I'm already, (laughs) my mind's going a mile a minute right now about all this stuff. So just continue to challenge that is what I'd say. All righty. Well, that's it from us for this episode. Stay tuned for upcoming episodes. And we take any type of advice, insight, anything that you want, we'll, we'll create a way for you to communicate with us that I don't know right now as we're recording this, but we'll have something for people by the time this episode comes out. So please feel free to get in touch with us. If we can add it to future episodes, we certainly will. But thank you for taking the time. Thank you, Natalie. And we'll catch you all next time. <laughs>